But the one thing that keeps giving him away is swearing, which I think is very funny. Whereas the the golds have a particular way of swearing, where it's like, oh, the Goron, yes, Lumen, blah, blah, blah. It's whereas, the prefix, Scory. Scor- yeah. yeah, whereas reds will say, bloody bastard. Correct. Bloody. It's the lower class form of profanity in the future. Hello, my beautiful listeners, and welcome back to Reginald's Book Club. Now, guys, I really thought, I, I really thought or hoped that this would be the time. This would be the time that Reginald would show up to his own fucking podcast, but no. Yet again, he is absent. He has convinced himself that he's won a timeshare on the frickin' moon, and he's off following up on that. So, fortunately, yet again, a very good friend of mine, a, a friend who goes way back... Uh, has agreed to fill in for him. Everyone, please welcome Luke, a.k.a. Rocked. Nice to see and hear all of your listeners. Nice to see you, Dom. We're doing this over video chat because we don't get to see each other too often now that we're on the opposite sides of the country. However, mm-hmm. talking with all your well-read fans and listeners is very nice. Well, Reginald's, I guess I should say, as he's on his journey to the moon. Yep, I mean, he's going to be so disappointed when he gets there. He is. Oh. You got you got to learn the hard way. You have to mm-hmm. learn the hard yeah, you gotta way. Yeah, you got to let your clone butlers make their own mistakes in life. Yes. So, so yeah, so we are here to talk about Red Rising by Pierce Brown. This is a science fiction sort of fantasy novel that came out in 2014. Uh, so, Luke, tell us a bit about what this book means to you and why you chose it. I originally chose this, like read this book the first time right around 2016. So it had been out for a couple years. And this was a recommendation from my good friends, Michael, who was in my wedding party along with you, Dom. You've met Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, he great had a great recommendation about this. And I was very interested right from the get-go about being centuries, maybe millennium in the future of our galaxy, where all planets and uh, physical planets and moons are colonized. And yeah. I was very jumped, very excited about something like that. So I was like, okay, let's see what I got. I was not expecting what turned into Game of Thrones meets Star Wars. Yep. It's Hunger Games. interesting. Yes, I was going to say, like, I hate, I compare so many things to the Hunger Games, but, like, there was a period in time where every book that came out that was even partially fantasy was either inspired by Twilight, The Hunger Games, or Harry Potter. It was just one of those three. There would be some comparison drawn to it, but, like, in this particular case, I don't feel as bad about it because it kind of wears this comparison on its sleeve. It does draw attention to the fact, even yeah. on like the recommendations for the book, that there is a bit very sort of Hunger Games inspired. But it does. It, there's a good comparisons to that while being completely different in identity and tone, story, you name it. Yeah, so yeah. there's understandable comparisons while doing its very own thing, which I really have, like. This was something I started reading in 2016. I read the follow-up Golden Sun. The following year, I read Morningstar, the third in the series. It is now 2023 as we are recording this. And book six just came out in the series, which will be the second to last in a now seven-book series. And I will not give as many spoilers for the rest of the books. This is a Red Rising discussion because mm-hmm. I have someone on the line, Dom, who is now diving further into this series because you like yep. the first one so much. Currently, I've only read the first one, but I am working my way in my limited free reading time through the second one because, yeah, this this really drew me in because I'm a big science fiction fan and right. this is a fucking good book. I will give yes. So it's interesting. I, I did a bit of research on Pierce Brown. Not for nothing, he is probably the most ruggedly handsome author he is on this podcast. I need to tell you now, in case you're not also familiar, he is British. Is he? Ah, well, that explains 
The so if YouTube. you ever get to meet him, you might get cast as a role whenever they do the uh, eventual dramatization or series of Red Rising in some fashion. On the grounds that we're both British and we'd be just like, look, I am also British. You cast me in your movie. You don't think he wouldn't put another uh, muscular, tall oh, British Luke. man as one of the You're leads? You don't think so? You really uh, don't think so? Oh, you think I could pass for a gold? That is high praise. Holy yes. fucking oh, you shit. Would, you, would, you would be a gold. I like to think I would be a gold if I get back into my wrestling day shape. However, I don't think I could be a lead. I'd have to be a Severo, and I'm fine with that. They okay. want me to be a Severo. I'll be a hilarious, raving lunatic Severo. And I, I, yeah. I'd like to think I lack the brutal, like callousness to be a leader gold but fair enough for the guys who haven't read this book we will explain these references and they will make yes. perfect sense to you shortly but uh yeah so um i mean it, according to wikipedia which i you know uh, my my main source of information this book was rejected six times by publishers before being picked up and then immediately becoming a bestseller which correct yes again proves that publishers don't know what they're fucking doing they really don't and not only has it become a bestseller every sub Every sequence book and the series it goes to number one every single time. Mm -hmm. So not only do they miss out on a cash cow for the original book, they miss out on a series of cash cows, which is right. even more hilarious when you think about Pierce Brown making this world and he's still not even cashed in on the eventual movie and TV rights. I, f I feel like I don't remember the name. Was it? Uh, I have the book written. Del Rey. Del Rey. Good for you. You saw mm -hmm. what really no one else could see in foresight, and this is something that everyone really jumps into. And Delray gets the gold star for that. I did not know it was six times. I knew he got he had quite a few rejections, as yeah. many authors. I mean, that's do. less than most people, but that's it is. still it totally si is. Six publishers read this book and were like, "Yes, that's nah. what blows me away." Yeah, because I didn't know the number, but I knew it was more than one. And I saw, I just blows me away. The first, correct me if I'm wrong, Dom. How fast did you blow through the first 50 pages of this book? Pretty fast. I mean, same with was, me. I this remember was, my, as they say, a page turner. Correct. And I remember my reading experience for the first one, because this was the first book in many years I was having trouble putting down and was looking forward to picking up the next night, that mm -hmm. type of situation. And again, this is the shortest book in the series, but it goes by so quick. And it's not like... It's not a short story either. No, yeah, it gets there's a lot of plot. I mean, it's not. I wouldn't say lot. this is. A, it's short compared to its sequels, but this is like an Correct. average length book. It's like four hundred something pages, I think. Let um, me pull it up. I got. I got the hard copy right here. Okay. So I did the thing. Yep, yep, yep. I'll entertain the troops while you're uh, looking that up. So counting. Yes. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah, so it's just it's just under four hundred. So you're right on the money with that. Yeah. Hmm. So that's an average length book, but it's like it it's, the sequels just get longer and longer, which is not Correct. I'm not complaining about because I enjoyed this immensely. So yes, no, so anyway, so general general setup is that we we follow the lead character who's called Darrow. I believe. Correct, uh, Darrow, like Darrow, wheelbarrow, yeah. Darrow. Yeah, Darrow believes that he's a few centuries in the future to where we are now. Uh, he's Correct. working. On Mars. He is underground. He's lived his entire life underground, working in the mines of Mars, where he believes that he and his family and all of his friends are terraforming it, because he is part of a humanity-wide caste system, which is designated by colours. So he is red, which is yes. the lowest form of colour. Now, everyone has been genetically manipulated to look like their colour. So he has red Ever. eyes, he has red hair... He has red everything, you know, red tint to his eyebrows. Red and tint everything. to his skin, his hair. Yep. He has red sigils that are born on the wrists and arms of mm -hmm. everybody that are so, helping planted at birth. So you're 
when they say Darrow's a red, he really is red. He is red as hell, man. He is not yet. Yes. And so there's the other caste systems, there's like greys, which are like the technicians, uh, and also I believe the police force, at least. Yeah, greys are more the police, the accountants, the law keepers, something like that. Yeah. The golds are the highest the, of highs. They are the they, emperors, the kings, the lords. Yes. Yeah. They, they are. are and they are physically, significantly physically bigger than all the other classes. They are pristine. They have all flaws removed from them. They are so perfect yeah. that when they get up to a certain level of hierarchy and aristocracy, they intentionally give them a scar on their cheek calling the peerless scarred just to show that they do have an imperfection and they've earned yeah. it that way. They had to earn are so their imperfection. It's, it's a very interesting system. But, yes. So there's a, there's a myriad of other colors, but for the start of the book, the only relevant ones are the gold, the greys, and the reds. Because Correct. As far as he's aware, there's only like one or two golds on Mars, and it's mostly yep. reds terraforming it. They are toiling away so that their descendants can have a utopia, because Earth, they are told, is dying. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, they are treated like absolute garbage. They are very much a slave caste. Um, that is correct. Even you know, even though they're told they're doing really important work, they're kept on the edge of starvation constantly. They're given incredibly dangerous working conditions. In fact, he has uh, Darrow has a job that's even harder than most. He's a hell diver, which correct. seems to involve laser drilling into hello Wiz. Laser drilling, drilling into the the core of the planet. It's insane what they have to yes. do. And, and when I say all these caste systems, there's other groups and families that are all competing for each other to get the most H3, helium-3, yeah. and other elements they need to help terraform Mars. Yes. Whoever gets that, they get more bonuses for their families. Get, what are those yes. bonuses? Food. Food. They get Fruit. enough food to kind of just eat three last, meals a day. Yeah, and that's about yeah it. enough but, to last for the quarter for but, three months. That's, you know, our, I, that's the goal. Yeah. As they make it very clear, the system is very rigged. They don't actually care who does the best. They need. They like to prove to the Reds that they can just give it to whoever the fuck they want as a power play, because they always yes. give it to the Greys. And, yeah, so in fact, I will say one piece of feedback about this book. It's not subtle when it comes to no. disappointment. Like, uh, Darrow does this amazing thing where he gets so much helium-3 out of the ground, he's like, I am winning that lull for sure. And it's like, looking forward to having the lull later, boasting to everyone about how he's going to get the lull. The lull is the, the, the thing that represents this extra prize stuff. Yeah. yeah, and then he's like, he's getting ready to stand up as they're announcing the winner, and he doesn't get it. It's like, okay, this was not, they, they were not, they were very much broadcasting how this Correct. was about to they be They were setting up, and this is all in the first 50 pages too. Yeah. And they're very set up. And again, these casts, like these families that are set there, like extended families all drilling and mining, they have never even seen outside. They've never seen the sky. They are underground in Mars from birth till death. Darrow, at the start of the story, is only 16. 16, and yet married. They, they get and married very married. young because the life expectancy of a red is not long. Correct. Maybe 20 at best. Darrow uh, married at 13 to his young wife, Eo. They were three years apart, and he, yeah. she waited for him. Oh, for the, yes, they're the same age. She's, 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 she was the, the older age. one. He wasn't marrying yeah. a 10-year-old, just to be clear. Correct, yeah. They're, the, they're roughly the same age. Like, not even... Maybe Dar Eo's just a little bit older, and she, she waited for him to turn of age, because she refused to marry anyone else and marry yeah. someone older. She so, waited. And... He, so, yes, they, they play... They really spend a lot of time playing up what an angel Eo is. Uh, for the first 50 pages of the book or so. Uh, you know, how great she is, how lo how much they love each other, how much yes. they're looking forward to their future together, and you can probably guess where this is going. Uh, it's a big yes, fridge this, waiting for her in the future. This is the catalyst that starts the entire series. And it's, I always think back, 
what if that Laurel had gone to Darrow? Mm. Where would the universe, well, their universe, be at that point? Yeah. But I mean, they're caught doing a very minor infraction. They go to yes. a garden they're not supposed to be in an underground garden. They have a nice night. They do some dogging, and they, they just do. they happen to get caught, and they're they're sentenced to a public lashing, which is yes. old fashioned. But then there's a lot a of public thing about this. A public, a, televised la- a public televised lashing yes. with a gold looking on and watching. Yes. So, and EO, or IO, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. It's um, e- I say EO, EO. because it's oh, the, yeah. yeah. She decides to make a stand and she sings a beautiful song of rebellion and freedom as she's being whipped, which they say is just not on. So they hang nope. her. They hang her, and the problem with Mars is not the same gravity as it is here on Earth, which means when someone is hanged, they don't have enough gravity gravity for their body to fall and snap the neck and suffocate, yeah. so they have the loved ones pull on the feet, meaning that Darrow had if, to pull his yeah, he had poor to bride, yeah, tug, on it, her, tug on her feet while she was being It's hanged. graphic, because like, uh, Darrow's father was also executed this way when he was slightly younger, and Correct. he had to watch his... And they also... Uh, don't let you cut the bodies down. So you have to watch nope. your loved one decompose as an example to everyone. But uh, Yes, and that leads to Darrow being fed up and saying, no, I will bury my wife, which is not a normal thing on Mars because they don't, again, they wanted to make an example of her body, but also yeah. people just aren't buried on Mars because they're trying to save space, they're trying to save mm-hmm. work and other things. So he gave his wife a proper burial and he was sentenced to death for that. Which he knew. He was doing that on purpose. Yes. Um, he, but yes, but... Twist. He he does hang, but it t- he's saved before he dies, and he's picked Correct. up by the Resistance, which are called the yes. Sons of Ares, because you know Mars Ares. There's a mm-hmm. history there. Um, so it, yes, they, he's brought in by this this rebellion group. Who the first thing they do is they stick him in an elevator and they take him to the surface, where he learns Mars is actually already terraformed. They have been not, done for several centuries now. Yes, not even terraformed. There's actual cities. People are walking around having the full yeah. onslaught of technology advances. Everything is fine. It is, and it is Earth is also further. fine too. Yeah, yes. it's way further in the future. It's like millennia, not centuries, yes. into the future than he thought it was. And he, they've just been told that because it's easier to keep them underground. Correct. If they know It's easier no to keep them surface. like... It's easier to keep them like an ant farm and never yeah. let them out of the ant farm and just keep them on the shelf. That's yeah. how they treated them. So, yeah, and this is where he also notices there's more colors available. you got the pinks, who are the pleasure colors. Mm-hmm. They are the, the sex workers. They, uh, have the blues bl- okay. they have the blues, who are the more technology-driven. They work yeah. a lot of different science things like that. Yeah, the violets, who are scientists, I believe. Um, they were uh, the violets are the artists, I believe. That's oh, what yes, uh, that's Mickey. It. I don't remember what, what color Mickey is. He's who's... a violet because the guy who does yes. the surgery on him. We'll get to that in a Correct. moment. Correct. The carver, an yes. insane violet who was not yes. doing his job properly. A very important violet too that goes throughout Indeed. the series. But um, many different colors: gold, silver, tint. There's the coppers. Yeah. There's green, blue, orange, violet, blue, and then red at the very, very, very bottom. Yeah. Uh, there's everything, everything is under the golds though. The golds rule over everyone. They yes. tower over everyone. Like Darrow is unusual that he's freakishly tall for a red. So he's actually the same height as a gold. Yes. And he's just barely, know, just barely yeah. the same height as a gold. And he's the wild anomaly as yeah. everyone else in other classes is way shorter than the significant superiority yeah. of gold, which is established throughout the galaxy. Well, it, uh, it's just, I think it's just the solar system. 
because uh, they talk about they talk is, about obsidians. Yeah, that's later on, but yeah. Oh, okay. Oh well, I've only read the first book, but so far, exactly. there's no hints that we've cracked interstellar travel. But then a lot of big reveals happen in these series. They so do. Surprised. Yes. Okay. Mars and Earth are completely terraformed, along with Luna, the Luna. Oh, oh, well, actually, to the, the moon. moon. Bit of yes. backstory here: the Moon actually took over the took over the solar system. Like there was the, a the Moon is pretty much the capital of. Yeah. yeah. The moon actually conquered Earth, so they colonized the moon, and the moon with less gravity was much more convenient for creating shipyards in space, or Correct. handling the mining of the asteroids, or the terraforming things, and eventually the people who lived on the moon were like, why the fuck are we listening to Earth? So, the moon actually conquered Earth, and they yes. set up what is a very not subtle allegory for the Roman Empire. This is yes. 100% the Roman Empire in space. Like, people's, aside from Darrow, like, all the gold's names are things like Cassus, Severo, uh, you know, the, the, uh, Tacticus, uh, you'll, you'll eventually get a Virginia or something yeah. like that, but there are many long standing old Roman and, um, Greek names as well. You'll get something like later on in the series, you get more of them also. Yeah. Uh, so, Apollonius. Yeah, so there you go. That's the big one. It's not yeah. universal, but a lot of the key players have super Roman sounding names. Yes. Uh, and that is royalty. So, yeah. So, and so, yes. Yeah, so the cunning plan for which Darrow has been recruited, is they are going to do surgery on him to make him look like a gold. He's mm -hmm. going to infiltrate the system and bring it down from within. And, and this is the start of the whole series. And how... the whole series now, yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, they, then we... they do that. It's not pleasant. But no, they, they go yeah. into detail about how Mickey, who is a violet, goes into carving Pretty much reconstructing muscles, bone structures, mm -hmm. eye, replacing eyes, everything you can think of to make sure Darrow is now a gold. And they it don't. is not. Yeah. He's the same level of intelligence as before, but he's still actually smarter than the gold, which draws attention to the fallacy of the whole system. That's Correct. And that's also very important. And in order to get to a certain age where gold is now, where Darrow is now, along with other golds his age at that coming of age, that rite of passage ceremony, you have to go through the institutes. Yes. And this is where it becomes a little bit Hunger Games esque. Yes, this is, I, I wrote down hung, Hunger Games meets War Games. Correct. They do, yes. A rite of passage for these golds who wish to follow like a military career or like a high political career yes. is that they are sent to uh, a big open area in Mars. It's still on Mars, I believe. Yes, it is. And I have uh, the map. Oh, Shit, that's awesome! I, I every guess. book has every book has all the maps and galaxies and classes. The physical hard copy is worth checking out for these alone because they they map out so much, and you can see where different houses are in Red Rising. Different houses are the terrain, and you see all nice. that cool stuff. Yeah. So, but so that's why this is why I fell down getting the Kindle version. I see, but uh, the <laughs> yeah, it's it's sort of. They kind of throw them down in a medieval setting. There's a bunch of castles that they mm -hmm. are each team. There's there's Team Mars, there's Team uh, Athena, there's Team... Yes. Uh, they're named after the gods. And so they're sorted into these armies, and they're sent down, and they're told to conquer each other. Some of them are given weapons, some of them are given horses. It's very medieval. There's swords, yes. there's clubs. Um, occasionally they'll be given something high-tech, like a shock stick, like yes. a, bat a, you know, a, a taser. But it's mostly medieval technology. And then some are given more luxuries than others. Like some will actually be be given like ovens to cook food. Some mm. will actually be giving real beds. They yeah. make it, they take it away. This is all televised for people to watch, which is an important thing. Yes. And also that's before everyone's grouped off. You have to pass the first initiation right. in yes, the Institute. Yeah. So I don't remember the numbers, but you're divided with, you're put into groups of two. 
And before you're allowed to go to this next part of the Institute where you're put into the Hunger Games war game situation, you are stripped naked, blindfolded, and put into a glorified cave and then told only one of you can, is allowed to leave. Yeah, you have to beat one of your classmates to death with your yes. bare hands. And mm -hmm. that's the entry exam. Yes. Now, Darrow already in way over his head. And again, this has all happened relatively short amount of time from when his wife died. He befriends one person named Cassius and his younger brother, Julius. Yes. And he finds out after the death, after he finally gets through, that he killed Julius, the yes, brother he... of Cassius, who he's befriended. Yeah, so... Yeah, uh, Cassius is a very interesting character because on what he represents everything that Darrow hates. He is yes. an elitist. He's the son of like the second most powerful man in the yes. in the in the empire. He is um he's privileged he, and, like, and he he's arrogant, you know? He's, he is he is yeah. impossibly handsome. He is mm. exceptionally skilled at so many things. He is just the flawless human being with many others. Yeah. Um and it's also just so many things. I won't spoil anything. Cassius is such a fantastic character. He is. I can't stress enough. Now that you've read Rising, you know yeah. enough about Cassius and about the characters in this now. Yeah. So many characters have so much development in this series, and I love that. Cassius, um, understandably, is kept quiet about this, about how Julius died. All I know is that well, Julius Dar died. Darrow kept... Garrow does not Dar mention to Cassius, who is... Yes. You know, they, they're both kind of struggling for leader of their group and incidentally yes. we mentioned some groups were given certain bonuses their group is not the odds are very much stacked against them yes. but as the games go on you see more and more how they're actually the and they are the proctors i believe they're called the people running yes. the games are rigging it because they want they're rigged big time because they want the jackal to win the who is the son of apollonius the highest ranking government official behind the glorified queen yeah. Kind of like some other countries, there's a queen, but there's also... So this is Julius Caesar's son, basically, yes. you know? perfect, yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, the Jackal, who we'll, we'll just call him the Jackal for now, that's how mm. that's the nickname he goes by as well, is the chosen, hand-policted, he wins, make it happen, and these proctors, the other golds, the people that run the Institute, hop to it and just, and just make sure everyone else yeah. in the Institute that year does not come close. Yeah. Darrow... So does not like that. He does not. And there is, I'm, you know, spoilers, uh, there's always spoilers in these podcasts, but yes. there is a satisfying conclusion to that in that Darrow changes the fucking game because he knows oh, yeah. eventually that the enemy are the motherfuckers running the test. But yes. Oh, so, so this test, as I said, they, they divide these people up into these armies, they set them down and they tell them to conquer each other that you have a standard, which if you tap it to an opponent's forehead, Puts a, a digital, like a, a holographic mark appears. Yes. It would be like an, Ares, like an Ares logo or an yeah. Apollo logo or a Mars logo. Yeah. So that way you know who you're claimed by. You're a glorified yeah. slave at that you, point. You are now a slave, yes. So you can still pass the test if, you're, if you agree to be a slave. Uh, so Correct. you're not going to get picked up by any great, you know, uh, a you know, guy seeking an apprentice at the end because yes. you failed. But you won't be dishonored as long as you obey the orders of the person who captured you. Correct. But, they kind of say no killing. And on day one, they say, okay, we're not going to kill each other, but they allow killing. There is yes. so much killing They're, in this game. It becomes a unique, extreme situation with some of the people involved in this year's Institute, where not only 
I don't want to get too graphic. Some serious, violent, and terrible things happen when they become yeah. when slaves are captured. It's not about some people. These leaders of these groups don't want to be, get slaves just so that we can capture and win the institute. They want to do devious, terrible things to these slaves because yeah. they think they can. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like again, this is all televised. This is entertainment for the golds themselves to see who will be the pristine gold that I can lead on and have the yeah. future with. But you know? it's 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 that human experiment where you give someone absolute power over someone else, and yes. and half of humanity instantly abuses that power. It's just yes. that's what happens, and you know. But this is golds abusing golds, and golds being forced to fight for their life and live in dirt and squalor and cold, and it was got me thinking like life kind of sucks for a gold at least at the beginning so who is actually benefiting in this fucking space empire the golds are miserable all the cast everyone below them is miserable to be a slave the reds are fucking miserable everyone below everyone below golds are pretty miserable in one way or another so yeah i I guess once you're past the training part of gold it's pretty nice but they're all traumatized as fuck because they they all had to kill each other as they all had teenagers they all had to prove that they're worthy of being golds, and this is how yeah. they do it. So they hold Kill themselves, one person. usually yeah. the golds hold themselves to a very high standards. They believe Extremely. they are better than everyone else, so they have they feel that they have to prove it by being these insane warriors and tacticians yes. and leaders. And, like, the system has become corrupted, but, like, it's ba- yes. it's based on the ideals of we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard. Yes. And that's and- real- that's what made me realize, like, this isn't just a pampered upper class ruling over an army of slaves. They're just fucking nuts! They are. It's, it's because it's been like, and, it's been, and it's been like this for centuries and centuries, too, of unchecked. No one could even, like, test it out or no one could even, mm. like, really put up any objection to this either. So yeah. they have to have it this way. So this is where something where Darrow has to be infiltrate in, pretending to be a gold. And then out of so many different relationships that come out and, like, different people that Darrow meets while in the Institute, the two names that should recognize instantly for Dom – that all the readers will say are Virginia, mm-hmm. the Mustang, and Daryl. Mustang. Yes, Mustang is a fantastic female character in literature that is brilliant and knows how to do things. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of Mustang. Now she was the leader of one of the enemy armies, but again, Correct. spoilers. But like as it goes on, uh, Darrow sort of changes the rules, so he actually makes a new army out of the the mm-hmm. ragtag remains of several armies. You're not supposed to play it that way, but he does. Nope. He doesn't give a fuck. And what does he do? He says he gets all those people that either ran or were slaves and go, listen, I will completely free you and take away your slave mark if you're willing to help me fight and capture everything else and end this year's institutes. I want it done. And everyone there and the other people that were assigned to Saul thought he was nuts, literally thought he was insane. But But they did it. Yeah. But early on, you know, before he rises to power he's he and cassus are basically like not jockeying for for top dog alpha dog no but they do love each other they actually that's the thing is right they start They're, bonding and i'm like they do oh no he's bonding with yeah cassus it's like it's it's a natural bonding too that yeah. can't be avoided and that's bond, kind of bonding, the worst yeah. thing the Trouble bit, bonding's the right way yeah. yeah there's one bit where they they're surrounded by enemy cavalry basically they've they've yep. had to leap into a lake and swim to the center and they've got these they're just hanging on to these two inflatable things together they're free yep. they're freezing based almost to death and cassius is just cracking wise with darrow because he's yes. and it's like i he's he's definitely the enemy as i said he represents yeah. everything that 
Darrow hates about gold, and also and Ca- Darrow has killed his brother, and he's going to find out about that eventually. Correct. And also Cassius, who has trained his whole life in so many different tacticians and styles mm. of fighting, survival, elegance, grace, fitness, all this. Darrow was a hell diver who lived underground in Mars. Yeah. So he's tough. As, yeah, Darrow is tough as shit. But you give him a sword, he doesn't know what he's fucking doing. Correct. And then all these golds, some of which were beyond pampered. Are also put in these like rugged wilderness set of settings. Yeah. Darrow's like, okay, it's just outside. Yeah, this is just outside. Like, I he he doesn't eat for like a whole day, and that's just yeah. a Tuesday for him. So. Correct. And like, this is where people started breaking down due to hunger. There's like, like it gets really dark for some of these things too. For what some people also are trying to trade for, fight for, capture different castles because again, different castles have different commodities and commodities and things like that. It gets brutal. And another name that I've said very briefly in our casting for a live adaptation, if we ever meet Pierce Brown, uh, Severo, who mm. you grow, grow to love so much. Yes. As he's the, the, he's the weird little goblin man of the group. Like he's, the he guy, really is. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a good comparison, like not sidekick, but he is the angry comic relief character in the worst way to describe it. I, I get it. I didn't, I guess comic relief is, it's an interesting, I didn't necessarily see comic relief, but he was funny on several occasions, but like, yes, he, no, he was basically included because they wanted to give someone high up an easy kill in the, in, in the initiation. initiation. Correct. He is a small gold. He's a, yeah. And so he's like still a gold, but he is like mm-hmm. the crappiest gold. Like he's not. He is a runt. Yeah. yeah. He's the runt of the gold, which yes. is probably like just, I guess, an average person. Um, yeah, pretty but much. He's, but he's vicious as fuck. So he actually won his fight. And easily. Yeah. He sort of becomes like the elite wet man of the army in that he, yeah. he also kills a bunch of wolves on his first day so him and his his boys are wearing wolf coats like fucking badasses for the entire they fucking call, game they start howling like yeah. crazy they're the ones that go on like the deep cover situations where they'll go and camp out and hide in the wilderness for days in stealth yeah just to like do certain things in the institute and there's so much strategy and dom can attest to this the tactics and strategy that are planned and explained by yeah. pierce brown through Darrow are really well written and it's, very it's entertaining. Very interesting, to hear. but like another another moment where it was not subtle that there was going to be a big disappointment for Darrow was when he was laying out. He'd he'd really got the hang of this being a leader thing. Um, yes, Cassius had, had unfortunately he'd had the shit beaten out of him. He'd been pissed on by his enemies, and he had to be rescued or escape. And that was kind of a very humbling thing for him. So he was happy being second in command now, and he was a much more likable person. Right, uh, but. They because they are trying to sabotage him. As soon as Team Mars gets too powerful, they send a little. They send him a little little recording of Darrow killing Cassus's brother. Correct. And who does that recording come from? The Jackal. The Jackal. Well, yeah. So they gave. So these guys keep giving the Jackal more things. Like the Jackal's got his own fucking. Uh, he's given a blankie and a hot chocolate every night. Yes, he is being carried to the top in a yeah. he's more been given, proverbial like, way. Everyone else is being given sticks and stones and maybe yes. an oven. He's being given tasers and hover bikes and mm-hmm. fucking, you know, uh, maps. So he is, yes. he's doing really well. Like, he's very far away. He's up in the north while uh, Darrow is kind of operating the south. So he's, like, the la- going to be the last boss, clearly. But like I said, he's being given everything while Darrow and Cassis are being given nothing. And, you know, when Cassius... Am I saying it's right? Cassius or Cassus? I say Cassius. Cassius, okay, Cassius yeah. has given this recording. 
He's obviously a bit upset, and he Correct. challenges Darrow to a duel with these high-tech swords that are, like, razor-sharp, and he runs Darrow through. Uh, they both get pretty cut up pretty bad, and Darrow gets stabbed with the sling blade, so... Oh, yeah, we should mention there's, uh, Darrow's sort of hallmark becomes this blade that he picked up in the first day, which is like, it's yes. like a scythe blade, which... It, it sounds from the description basically what the Dothraki were using in Game of Thrones, but maybe thicker. So it's like an Egyptian-style blade. Yes, but it's also like a very futuristic electrical type thing. Well, his but isn't. That's the thing. Is they, his is not, no. His is just but, a straight-up iron sword. Correct. Which represents and, him. He's a, yes. he's a deadly weapon that's not elite. And he's pretty much picked up a, in the shape of a scythe, and that's when he starts to be get known as the Reaper. Yes, people call because he carries around this sickle blade. Yeah. Uh, he's known as the Reaper, and that's a fucking badass nickname. And the, yeah, the Jackal actually makes a joke towards the end. It's like, man, you, you lucked out on the nickname thing. Yes, but, 100%. But yeah, so that is the majority of the book. Is you know After this intense introduction, the majority of the book is this War Games, where yes. there's ups and downs and stuff. Cass, you know, Darrow has to change the game. And then towards the end, he really does up the stakes. He, start, he declares war on the fucking referees like yes the people that are there the proctors that know everything and darrow keep in mind he's still being reminded i'm here to disrupt the system to fight back not just get myself a nice little seat on the golden throne Mm -hmm. so yes he's he's doing this for a greater cause so he's more ruthless and cunning than anyone else because he's got this isn't just for a bright future this is for humanity yes so yeah so that's Again, I won't spoil the very ending, because I would highly no. recommend... There's there's so many different scenes and scenarios and characters that we have not touched yeah. that all add to such a great story. Just under 400 pages. I've tried to get so many people into reading this, my wife, other people. It's so worth picking up, because, again, Pierce Brown does a great job describing characters, giving characters different voices, like having to make sure their voice, their personality comes out through their voice, mm-hmm. and making sure everyone understands a sequence of events. Sometimes that's really hard to get all those things checked off in the right way. And he did this in a new world, in a new different time frame, with a whole new set of rules, and all gets accomplished pretty easily in under 400 pages. Yeah. So um, one thing I want to mention, I while researching this book, I've never seen so much fan art for a lesser-known book. There like, is massive amounts. And the, as, be careful what you look at, because there will be spoilers the more you dig into stuff ah. for all the books, which is... Very unfortunate, but if you just type in, if you want to see fan out of certain books, just type in that book. You should be okay. Yeah. But so. yes, the fan art has, even uh, Pierce Brown has commented and signed off on a lot of different fan art. Mm. Darrow, Cassius, Severo, Virginia, Octavia Alun, which is yeah. the queen, um, uh-huh. Apollonius, uh, everybody. Octavia was brought, mentioned in the very beginning as well, which is yeah. pretty much the queen. And the, the fun thing about Darrow is you get to draw him twice because he's... True. Looks completely different after the f- opening of the book. Uh, red, go- yep, red and gold. Red, ger- mm-hmm. red Daryl, gold Daryl. Yep, yep. So yeah, that this, it's it's what I call hard science fiction because they don't. There's, I mean, I may be wrong for later books, but like, there's no magic warp engine. There's no uh, teleporter. There, you know, if you want to travel from Mars to Pluto, that's a significant amount of time because on a universal Fair. scale, it's nothing. From an actual planetary scale that's that's hundreds of millions of miles um fair and they and they do have interplanar like planetary travel mm. does get established because you already know that because okay. mars earth moon they're all colonized thriving so you know there's planetary travel but yes there's no to my knowledge especially in the first book and the first trilogy there's no warp drive light speed nothing yeah. like that 
So, so that's, that's, that's one of my favorite types of science fiction. So that really appealed to me. Uh, yeah. So you got like, what? So what you, you said your friend recommended it to you originally. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. It's a word of mouth recommendation just because that's how I heard of this. And I'd never heard of it through like real advertising or anything. Mm. And this was a book that captured me right away. And I've been following ever since. Again, the latest, the sixth book in the series just came out this year, 2023. Yeah. It was going to be the final book, but Pierce Brown said, I have too much to establish, so I have to split the final book in two. Interesting. Okay, well, that's... That type of thing. That's so, classic. Uh, yeah, so there will be a final book, and that'll be coming out later. Okay, well, yeah, looking forward to that. But Yes. Yeah, I, I did... Darrow's interesting, because I don't usually like emo characters like well he's so sure. angry and so sad and that's you you know he's the dark loner with nothing to lose and I, that's he usually is. a cliche i don't like but he actually is a, a like he's a he's a complex dude he's not a one-note character where it's just like he's oh, you know he's he's troubled you know he's yes. his inner monologue is running non-stop throughout this book and yeah. not even if, if he's not talking to someone his inner monologue is either grieving his wife understandable Looking at the situation he's in now, trying to up, like start this uprising from within. Mm. All of this at age sixteen. Yeah, but it's it's also really impressive. Like I got so distracted by the intensity of these Hunger Games war games that yeah. I kind of almost forgot about the rebellion a few times because it's you yep. start rooting for him to win the games just for the yes. sake of winning the games because that's yes. you know, and it and, is, and because there's so much going on. And I will say this. In future books, you think much more about the rebellion and the fight. Yeah. So it has to be established this way, though, because the institute, the characters developed, they have to be introduced this way. And there's a, it's an important situation for all these characters to come together in a certain way. Yeah. So. so, And then also, one final thing. I don't want to do, again, too many spoilers. You learn so much about all these individual characters as well, which is mm -hmm. another great thing I do enjoy. And Darrow, poor Darrow, plucked out of his own hanging really is in for more than the ride of his life, even past Red Rising Book One, even well, past the Institute. So. Yeah, you know what? I started the next book, and the first like opening chapter is just brutal. Like, yep. Oh, yeah. Pierce Brown's great at that to make sure you start reading after the first chapter, too. Like, If you want to oh, start one of these books, you need to set aside time to read a few chapters at once. Yep, yep. So has, has Pierce Brown... Which, by the way, I can't stop. I think it's because Pierce Brosnan. I keep thinking of James Bond every time I think, mm -hmm. say the name out loud. But has Pierce Brown done anything else, or is this his main series at the moment? I, this is his main series for sure. I don't believe he's done anything else. I could be wrong about that, though. Okay. I mean, he's relatively is... new on the scene. He's 35, yeah. I believe. Correct. Uh, so, got, yeah, so, yeah, you're in your 30s. You haven't been published yet. You could still be an interna you know, an international bestseller. 100%. Just to yes. Yeah, there's no time limit on that either. And if you've been rejected six times, just remember, so is this man who started the Red Rising series. Mm. Well, you know, to one-up here, uh, my close personal friend, George R.R. Martin, also okay. talked about how much he was rejected when he was mm -hmm. first starting out. Like, it's, publishers don't know what the fuck they're doing. I'm they convinced don't. of it. They only see quick money, and that's all they care about. Yeah. They, they're not in it for the long run. And, like, series like... Red Rising, Game of Thrones. That's not quick money. That's the long haul. Yeah. They, so many publicists, publicists, publishers, they want the money now. Yeah. That's it. Sign up, get money. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, but like, I'm very glad he got his chance because, mm -hmm. yeah. Like I said, it's, 
the the influence of things like Hunger Games and other books is very obvious. Like it's sure, there's well, some, absolutely. There's a lot of original elements, but like there's key things. Like the the war games are just Hunger Games, but there's people who want to be there, and they want mm-hmm. exactly. You know, and there's more of them. So yeah, it's, an, it's and not, and people are not supposed to die. Yes. Well, I don't know because like the, the well, way I say that at the institute. Yeah, not everyone is supposed to die. Not all like, but yeah. one. Here it seems go. like the no killing rule is bent every year because there's also. Yes. S- like at first, people like get creative ways of killing to make it seem like an accident, like or get someone else to do it. Like they, some some bastard who was being especially mean to people, like tied up a young lady, put her under like a rug, <laughs> and then left yeah. her outside the enemy gate. So when the enemy sallied forth in their horses, yeah. she was trampled to death, and it was awful. Yes, uh, but that's the kind of brutality that they went to. You know, these golds resorted to very early yeah. on, although. Twist, I believe Tactus, who was the one who was doing this, Titus, I think, who was the guy doing this shit. Titus, yeah. There was a big twist where he says, I think the big giveaway that Reds sometimes do, because um, Darrow is not the first Red to try this. Like the No, and they explain that in the beginning, too. Like, they've yeah. tried to find other Reds to help lead this uprising. Yeah, but the one thing that keeps giving away is swearing, which I think is very funny, whereas the... The golds have a specific way of swearing where it's like, oh, the Gorong, yes. Lumen, blah, blah, blah. It's whereas, the prefix, Gory. Sco- yeah. yeah, whereas reds will say, bloody bastard. Correct. Bloody. It's the lower class form of profanity in yeah. the future. And that's the one thing people have trouble training out of them. So at one point, he, he, yeah, he, a red accidentally reveals himself to, uh, to Darrow by just swearing mm. in that particular way. Yep. And, and also, at that point, it was too late anyway. Yeah. So. So, and it's also, by the end of the first book, there's the implication that at least one of his friends has figured out he is not a gold the same way, but is Correct. actively covering for him because everyone fucking loves Darrow, because he is a leader who leads from the front, you know? Yes. But and Darrow has already made way too many allies mm-hmm. in public just by his actions alone. Yeah. So. But yeah, and I also cannot stress just how satisfying it is when he takes the fight to the real enemy. Just mm-hmm. something you get a little bit of in the Hunger Games. They're going to eat the the berries at the end and stuff like that, and then it escalates yeah. to the full rebellion and stuff. But like, I never felt that Katniss. She never really took the power that I wanted right. her to. She was, you know, and this might just this is just my opinion. I know a lot of people don't don't agree, but like I said, I always found Katniss was a bit too emotionally i de- know ah, that's not fair because she's meant to be a you know a very troubled character but like mm-hmm. she never takes the leadership role she's always a figurehead or she's always she's katnos is very guided in a yes. lot of her roles things like that darrow is more than willing to make the call on the fly yes so darrow darrow it's like if you were frustrated with the hunger games with katnos's slightly passive role in every book whereas that she never she's either being used by the bad guys or used by the good guys Yes. Uh, or when the one time she does something for herself, she gets a lot of good people killed. Uh, this is my controversial opinion on the Hunger Games, but like this mm-hmm. is the opposite of that. Is that like if if that's that itch, that itch gets scratched so good. At the yes. End. And again, and I want to say this: this book, Red Rising, is akin to, I want to say, Hunger Games meets Game of Thrones. More Hunger mm-hmm. Games. The following books do not follow Hunger Games as much. Right. Well, no, yeah, I, I figured as much. I mean, the, the Game of Thrones aspect in that it's, you know, political power and stuff. Yeah. And even, the, you know, the fact that they get thrown into a medieval-style environment. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, also, the Star Wars elements definitely come in the future because there's so much um, 
space everything because gotcha. again all physical planets like mars earth venus mercury moons like luna they're all colonized really venus too mm-hmm how did they okay and how they did explain they... oh they explain okay. But it's been that way for a long, long time, too. God, right. when I, I say, keep forgetting just how further in the future this is. Everything was hid from the Reds and Darrow. Yeah. Everything. So. I mean, the surface, well, they're called surface Reds, who are aware of the situation. There are. But they are. And then there yeah. are low Reds, which is what Darrow was, which is yeah. what way below. So, the, yeah, the, the low Reds are the Reds that the surface Reds feel sorry for. <laughs> yes. They may and be the garbage bad. men, but they don't live their entire life like, like moles. They might be the garbage men, but they're not living in the garbage. And exactly. that's what the low red are. Yeah. So. And it just, it, it does feel so unnecessary sometimes. They have to treat, mm-hmm. like, yes, they got the reds uh, convinced that they are doing this great thing for humanity and their sacrifice is going to be worth it. They're not just doing this for the betterment Correct. of already better people. But, like, on top of that, to be so cruel to them yeah. <laughs> seems almost sadistic. And- it does. And it's almost to keep people in their place type thing. That's how they have to do it because that's how society works. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. Society is a big term that they throw around in this series, especially even in Red Rising. And I do want to say this, and I'm not, I don't have to go into specifics or anything, but with Red Rising alone, just this original first book, it is violent to a point of trauma. It is brutal, sadistic. And I promise you, if you didn't like that in the first book, you're not going to like where it goes in the following Good books. Good to know. Yeah. So just as a heads up, you have to be okay with reading violence. Yeah. I will say, like, again, spoilers, but like in the beginning of the second book, in the first chapter mm-hmm. alone, more people die than in the entire mm-hmm. previous book, everyone combined. Easily. Like, Easily. combined. It's the... And are you ready for this, Dom? That's nothing. Oh, no. The escalation of death. The escalation and types of death. And oh, no. Oh, everything. No. Man, Pierce Brown thinks of some creative ways to be cruel and brutal mm. and vicious. So I'm very much looking forward to the rest of the series because like, I, I understand that you know, bring it down from within means that he's basically going to probably try and start a civil war amongst the gods to weaken them, which, which, but like at this point in time, it's very fascinating because like, I just don't see how the reds could possibly have a chance. Like there's, you think like slaves, yeah. slavery and stuff, if there was a mass slave uprising, like the Spartacus situation, mm-hmm. numbers alone would give them an advantage. But there's the point where the golds are just so much more technologically advanced. They, and numbers mean Technologically advanced, yeah. numbers, physically advanced, all this. And it's explained yeah. how things go. I will say this, and this is not a spoiler or anything either because it's well established. The first three books are a trilogy. Mm. So the first three books are a group and the other final four oh, books okay. are another okay. So group. Darrow's only going to be the main character for the first No, he is, he's the first, he's the main character. It's a time frame thing. So the first three books are the first series and the later four books are the second series gotcha in this long running thing so just keep in mind and that'll make sense once you get to read morningstar the third book and finally finish that because pierce brown i don't think he was aware he was going to keep writing a a follow-up series to it Mm -hmm. if that makes sense so just get to morningstar and then we'll have that discussion there but if you're already i don't know how far you are in golden sun Man, oh man, I just remember going through Golden Sun, seeing how the turn of events happens the farther you get into the book. Boy, oh boy, I was itching to read Morningstar as soon as I finished Golden Sun. I mean, uh, yeah, I imme- I basically put down my, well, I didn't put that down on anything because I was reading on Kindle, but like, I, yeah. I came out of the first one, went straight to the, you know, 
to the store mm-hmm. to get the next one. Yep. It's like, holy shit. So. Yeah. Again, I'm excited to talk with you about what you think about Golden Sun just because promise me before you pick up Morningstar, you'll talk to me at least a little bit offline or something about Golden Sun because boy, oh boy, there's just the way events play out in Golden Sun also is so dramatic and such so many game changers and things like that too. Yeah, it is. Again, we've we've talked about Pierce, you know, Pierce coming out, uh, getting his start kind of late, later, quote unquote, in life. But like, it is fascinating when someone just comes out of the woodwork like this with yep. a really freaking good series. Like, yeah, like a fully fleshed out um, universe of characters yeah. and the galaxy and solar system and like a futuristic world and so many and like a class system and how it's worked for centuries and so many things well layered and. It is nice to know, like, this is his focus. This is, like, he's going to finish with book seven and then probably do something else. But, yeah, he's only in his 30s. Mm. And he started writing this, I want to say, obviously, when he was in his 20s. So, yeah. Okie dokie. So. Well, so, yeah, that's that's a good. Anything you want to round off with? Any, any more things you want to tell my beautiful listeners about regarding this book? Yes. One, um, they do have the audiobook versions on Audible. Mm-hmm. The audio reader for Red Rising, that's how I get a refresher. I have a physical copy, but I did a refresher when preparing for Originals Book Club, just the audiobook. Great book. Um, they often give that first one for free every now and then. Ooh. And it's okay. a well done audio reading, too. Really well done. So if you keep an eye out on Audible, you might get the audiobook for Red Rising for free. And it's the same and it's the same narrator through all the main books, too. Uh, you know, I, I listened to a because you mentioned this to me before we before we did this. And I went mm. and had a li- listen to the sample of uh this book. And what really interested me is that he has coded the accents he uses to these different yes. classes and these it's a british uh reader which now makes sense knowing that pierce brown is also british but so right. he gives darrow his his internal voice is uh i believe an irish accent yeah there's a bit of an irish bit of an irish because um, you know you can hear a little bit of that in like especially in the red like yes. when they're talking about the red, yeah, you can hear it. So speaking of like people who were sort of oppressed by a ruling yes. class at some point in Absolutely. history, uh, and then obviously because you know following that through, he gives the gold to very upper class uh, British, mm. you know, English accent, a very proper and formal way. You hear, you'll like meet some of the blues, which were a very technological, blunt, driven type of format, just the way to talk, very no inflection, just very robotic things like that as well. So it's very creative and. Uh, how they characteristic guy and like give a characteristics to how people to everyone's explanation of speech, which I just stuttered all over. Fun, funnily <laughs> enough, I just stuttered how people stalk, but that doesn't really matter. But Pierce Brown does a good job of that too, and it even evol- evolves farther than you can imagine past the first book. Yeah. So, like I said, yeah, it's it's very well created. It wears its influences and its allegories on its sleeve. It's uh, it does. Not, not a subtle book, although I will say one twist: the twist at the end involving Mustang that did get me. Yeah, it got I me thought, too. I thought that was setting up for a sequel. And I was like, nope, motherfucker, I surprised you. And and boy, is that a big, uh, as you can underst- obviously understand, that's a big thing for the rest of the next book and the book after. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. So, yeah, this is, again, I, I sometimes qualify my recommendations. Like, if you're into this, try this book. I would just say everyone try this book. This one is. Yeah, it real. I've never, I've been recommending this book ever since I lived in Florida, which was, I moved out in 2017, Mm. you know? And the thing is too, I read this book in 2016 the first time. Every single person I've recommended it to loved it. And these are all different walks of life people. I really do recommend the first book. And again, if it's not for you after that, that's fine. 
I'm willing to bet it will be. Yeah. I, I hope this does get picked up for a film. I know that's not inevitable. Uh, but Correct. Because like, we're not in the post-Twilight Hunger Games, Harry Potter, like, we're adapt not. everything zone anymore. Uh, no, and I was thinking maybe this could be... I know everything's like trying to be into series now, Netflix, Hulu, everything like that. Yeah. This could be done well and like fleshed out more if they did like an eight part series, like eight You're episode not wrong. thing. Yeah, Netflix for it, for if, each book. Yeah. You know? Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu, whoever yeah. whoever's, whoever's definitely listening to this podcast, this I right. think would be because like, you know, post um Game, when Game of Thrones ended, like I said, there was this power vacuum for the it next was. big season, which Especially is because people wanted now. the next thing. Yeah. yeah. And like if uh, Netflix, Hulu, whichever Paramount Plus, whatever it is, like at 10 episodes, 10 episodes per book, mm. there is more than enough to work with and it would get enough and attention. It, and it scales perfectly for adaptation because you don't have to go or you just need to find a big empty field for the it majority does. of the first film and a bunch of te- beautiful teenagers. That's what you just need this, to find yeah. some really gorgeous. I mean, you'll probably cast 21 year olds because that's what they do. And it's also, you're, and you're just painting them gold and red and different colors yeah. anyway. Well, I was going to say, so like, you just dress them up. Yeah. Exactly. It's, I was going to say, part of the reason I really hope this gets adapted is the cosplay. A potential is humongous. And I've seen minor cosplays for the books, like some like different things. Mm. Can you imagine the cosplays at like Comic-Con and stuff like this, yeah. if this became a series? Space so. Roman-esque high-tech armor mm-hmm. with these scythe blades oh, and these gold, beautiful golden hair you, and golden contact and, um, lenses. You, oh. have, you have even dug deep into like the space armor and things like oh. that. You don't understand the treat you're in for that I introduced you to. You really don't know. Oh, literature boner. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it gets so intense with when I say the Star Wars side of things comes soon. Yeah, it really does. Okay. So I am into that. So, yeah. yeah. So, so well, I guess I would end this particular podcast with a big old thank you for recommending it. Absolutely. Again, Red Rising, Pierce Brown. That's the book number one. I can't recommend enough. Get it on Kindle. Get it on hardback. I don't care how you get it. Even if you do Audible, the audiobook works great, and sometimes it's free. Just get it. I promise. To every single person I've recommended it to has loved it. Yeah. You should try it out yourself. Absolutely. And yeah, and you know, a big thank you for for joining and filling in for that unreliable Reginald. Yeah, Reginald thinks he's going to help terraform the moon. Apparently, and that's not how yeah. it's going to work. Indeed. Or oh, oh, it will, and we will be his. Oh, this is not the pre. This is not the prequel to Red Rising. I just feel it's not the ancient emperor Reginald. Reginald who started yes. this this whole caste system with a timeshare coupon. Indeed, that that would be. I mean, we'll, I'll, I'll contact Pierce Brown see if he's interested in a prequel. Oh, the pre- That's true. He could have a prequel. That's mm-hmm. also the rise very of the golds. Oh, that title it writes itself. Oh yeah, the Gold. Reginald's ri- Reginald's rise. Reginald's oh, rise. <laughs> That's exactly what Pierce Brown wants. Yeah, Gold Rising, the rise of Reginald. Awesome. Yes. Oh, oh okay. Well, fan, uh, fan, fan fiction writers, you guys at least can get on oh, yeah. do it. For, do it for your boy, Dom. But, uh, there you go. But yeah, so everyone would also, you know, if you are interested in music reviews, do check out Rock's channel. Uh, I will leave links to it in all the show notes of the various places this will be uploaded. But yes. are, are you are you popular enough that if you type in Rocked, you're the first person who comes up on YouTube? It's the first thing that pops up, ah, yes, good fortunately. Excellent. Ever since I got that 100,000, I've noticed that it's a lot easier to search for me. Beautiful. Funny how that works out with YouTube, but yes, that yeah. is what it is. Well, so. I was infinitely more searchable once I changed my name from the Dom, because... Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, that, that's not your fault. But However, what thinking it through was... 
Maybe that's part of it, too. Like, it's not your fault. However, there were better options, and it's just bad circumstance Indeed. for you to be situated with that. But I changed it, and now I'm the most Googleable Dominic Noble. Um, there fun you fact, go. and I, should probably, I don't know if I should mention this or not, but the second most famous Dominic Noble was a domestic terrorist in Britain. Um, uh, also British, too. What are yeah. the odds? So but that's, that's kind of disturbing, but so I'm glad I'm more popular than him. It's true. At least you're more popular than him now. Yeah. And you're giving a good name to Dominic Noble, too. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Well, so, and thank thank you, my beautiful listeners, for joining us. If you would like to see this or any future podcast with our beautiful faces, we are looking mm-hmm. very gorgeous. I'm looking especially good in a tank top with uh, rocked merch on it. That uh, you can get on any rocked YouTube video. Just click the links below the video, and you can mm-hmm. dress up just like Dom is right now. Yep, yep. But like I said, if you want to see this with a video component, sign up to my Patreon. It is available to all pledge levels uh, and available to $10 or more patrons. Uh, I think are the who are called exceptionally beautiful watchers. I, f- I forget the ranking system, but they will also have access to the VIP room, which me and Luke are about to go to now to talk of many things, to talk of our yes. lives and hopes and dreams and futures and pasts. All the dirty secrets of our lives that we want to share with each other all that only you, only, only the exceptionally beautiful listeners and watchers mm-hmm. get to hear. For the low, low price of $10, you can hear all the horrible stories I'm about to tell Luke. Get to hear the real dirt real from Dom and shit. Luke. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> on that beautiful note, good, good night, everyone.